0: All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Rotoballer. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix, with player news, and cutting-edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Rotoballer's 2020 MLB Draft Kit is already live. Rotoballer's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, Roto, AL only, NL only. You name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, Roto, dynasty, AL or NL only. You name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15, those are just three, so there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash basesloaded to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow.
1: Bases
2: loaded and one out. Oh my Central, God, deep to right field, way up there and way
0: out of here! Second deck, walk-off home run, Brad Slash!
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Quality Start podcast series, which is shared uh, podcast series between the turn Two podcast and bases loaded podcast i am your host one of your hosts matt williams from the turn Two podcast and joining me on the show for the entire season is mr mike curlin from the bases loaded podcast what's up buddy
0: what is going on being on this side of things is a little weird you're a great (laughs) host i'm gonna let you do it i told you why already off air i'm a talker I'm just excited to get this thing going i'm all amped up on caffeine as you can probably tell
1: <laughs> so <laughs> so for anyone wondering we put it out on twitter a little while ago teasing it. anyone wondering what the heck this podcast series is going to be um today's episode is going to be a little longer and we'll explain why a little bit these are usually going to be little uh, little mini episodes uh appearing on both podcast feeds they're gonna be like 30 minutes or less we're going to go through some uh, relevant news anything that's fantasy relevant that's going to get you caught up uh so you don't have to chase down any news blurbs any injuries anything that is uh relevant to you being a better fantasy player we are going to sum up for you in 30 minutes or less throughout the season uh we'll be giving you some updates during spring training the regular season we'll give you maybe two three episodes every morning which is why it's called quality start like a morning uh like a morning talk show on some corny network uh but today uh besides me and mike we have a uh, we have a we have a guest also uh from the basis little podcast mr george montanez uh welcome to the show bud
2: Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. This is awesome. This is going to be really cool. This quality start. Love the name, too. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. I really want to. I mean, it's it's a part of both podcasts. So we're going to yeah. have our own music before these, like some other popular duo Um podcast which hopefully this will become but uh i really would love to have some kind of a fun little tiny 10 second thing with, or some drop in here where it's some kind of really corny morning show thing i'll look into that we probably I was gonna say up. we
0: could no we, we can make it happen man and again <laughs> I, I, I i don't know i we've only done the first off we just how this has escalated to what it's turned into matt it's kind of awesome because we literally went from not knowing each other to me saying you know what come on the podcast we'll do an all thing fantasy baseball about you kind of about your background and all that and then it was like it turned into this and then when you gave me when you came up with this name i was like oh my god it is so corny but i love it <laughs> like yeah I, i'm fully aware of how like cliche it kind of sounds but man it's just it is what it is and honestly i love the idea I, be
1: like- I love it we're gonna make this as corny as possible think like old school fantasy focus with like nate rabbits and matthew berry or like the soup where they have like the drops in between the uh, the segments. Like that is going to – we're going to do that. Anyway, it, everybody, the point of the show, we're talking spring training. Uh, spring training games are actually – as we're recording this, they are going to happen today. They're happening this weekend. Uh, so we are going to go through every single team one at a time. Briefly, and uh, give you what you should be looking for uh, for every single team during spring training, whether there's some prospects or there's some kind of injury news. If there's something, you know, a position fight, we, we want to talk about what you need to be looking at because, you know, there'll be free games on MOB.tv while they're doing their free preview, trying to sneak you into taking their package. <laughs> or, um, you know, there's a, lo- a lot of things you can look at. So anyway, let's just get started. We're going to go ahead and give it a start in the National League uh, in the NL East. We'll go with the division champion in atlanta braves so mike uh if you want to start us off what are you looking for in, in atlanta as far as what people should be looking for in spring training
0: uh i just i don't know man this team i'm really curious i guess the one thing that really stood out right away was the whole uh camargo versus um austin riley thing like the fact that camargo has already been said to kind of be the starter. Was really interesting because everybody was assuming and has been assuming pretty much all offseason prior to uh, about two weeks ago that that uh, Austin Riley was going to be the starting third baseman, hit possibly in the middle of the lineup, and now it, like if you look at, if you pull up Russell resource, he's not even on the bench, like he's going straight
1: <laughs> to the minors. Like yeah, I guess, well, I mean, he would have to right sense. if you're not playing everyday playing time. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy who would do well on the bench. Yeah, but yeah, it's after they signed Ozuna. Not only did he seem like he was the starting third baseman, he seemed like he was home free because with them bringing him in, it looked like, all right, they're 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 moving on from acquiring a top third baseman. This is the Austin Riley show. Apparently not. They came, like you said, they came right out and said it's it's uh, Camargo. Um, so, George, do you have interest in either of these guys? Like Camargo obviously was – Uh, has a little cult following of of his own uh, from a deeply guy who is, is usually overperforms his value uh, or at least his draft value. But people were hoping to see what they saw earlier on from Austin Riley when he first came up um, in like a 12 team format, for example, do you have any interest on taking a flyer on one of these guys and seeing how spring training uh, like kind of uh, works out?
2: Yeah, I mean, we had a little taste of uh, Riley's potential when he came up. Obviously, he was just hitting way over his head. It came down to earth a bit. Uh, we know about, you know, the the contact issues that he's had. Um, but one of those swing for the fences. <clears throat> guys, I mean, it's going to be interesting right now. I'm probably not in a 12 team. In a 12 team, I think both of these guys, the situation is just one to, um, you know, just kind of monitor, see what happens. But no, I think maybe in a 15 but uh, nine a 12 team for me right now
1: before we move on, like what do you consider the standard there's things out there where people are always um, so, some people like Ray flowers I think put out something where do you consider what is considered standard one catcher or two catcher 12 team or 15 team and I guess he was trying to make the argument that you know two catcher is the industry standard because that's the way it started. I would argue that one catcher 10 team was the standard for a long time for beginners now I think it's more 12 team. Yeah, one catcher um but 15 teams are obviously becoming more popular so in terms of just like guests or when everyone uh, all the listeners do you think 12 team one catcher is basically the standard for um, right now you guys i think that's
2: probably the majority right now i think that's the general consensus the 12 team one catcher um and then you also consider you know do you have a corner and a a a middle i mean if you're playing like i mean if you're playing roto you probably do yeah you're playing like head to head it's it's up in the air.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we'll mention the differences as needed going forward. If that makes any difference to people's values, uh, moving on to the second place, Washington nationals. Well, I say second place, the world series champion, Washington nationals with their Walgreens logo. Um, what do we think here? Uh, obviously, they lose Anthony Rendon. And the big question coming in was, at least from a few months ago, it looked like as Dribble Cabrera was going to steal the life out of all the Carter Kibum owners. But it, from the reports from camp, it looks like Carter Kibum will be getting every opportunity to grab that job. Um, so – you have that first off, and then obviously the news that Trey Turner may be batting third, which people argue about whether the stolen bases, runs, RBIs, and all that. That doesn't interest me, me nearly as much as the fact that Victor Robles could be leading off. And that, for me, key boom, Turner, uh, is nothing in comparison to Victor Robles, who in a trash season went almost 20-30. So, uh, Mike, what, do you, what is your big takeaway from the Nationals? you pretty
0: much touched on everything and i think keyboom i'm loving his value right now in these drafts like i had a couple home leagues where i missed out on him by like he got taken the same round i wanted him but the first one i could definitely got him and he's been a guy i've been going going out of my way to get but it's just it's hard because you want Key Boom to succeed you th- and obviously the pedigrees there he's shown he's flashing the minors. but there is a, i feel like there's a short lease because this team does want to contend and although i think they should let keyboom grow and right now ross resource shows him hitting eighth in that lineup so, obviously, the upside is limited as it is, but they just have so many interchangeable pieces. They've almost gone the way of the Rays, and there's actually a few teams that have gone this route of just grabbing depth. You have his Dribble Cabrera, you have Howie Kendrick. All these guys are legitimate playing time, like, uh, potential uh, issues, I guess. Like I, I can't think of the word right now. I'm blanking, but these are all guys that could get in the way, so to speak, which they shouldn't, but they could. And then you have first base. That's a big question mark. I do like Eric things a lot, and and this goes back to you talking about which league to do it in. Like he's more a fifteen team guy, but he's a very solid, like quiet twenty mid twenties power source on a strong, which should be a strong side of a platoon. So I like him a lot in your deeper formats. But this lineup, I mean, I robust leading off Turner hitting third. I still think Turner's going to get his steals, but. There's, I, I don't see how there's any less run potential. I mean, he still gets a hit in front of Juan Soto, in front of Starlin Castro, who's underrated, and I know George likes a lot. So I don't know. I'm really excited about this team overall, and I think that I think going beyond the starting li- uh, starting uh, lineup is just you look at the starting rotation, and there's a fight for that fifth rota- rotation spot between Joe Ross and Austin Voth. And right team now, boss.
1: let's go. I was gonna
0: <laughs> say right now you have Ross, who's plugged in per roster resource but voth is a definitely a analyst favorite so i'll let you guys talk on that one a little more i just wanted to point that out because yeah. going back to going back to the braves i saw felix uh, hernandez uh goodness king felix is kind of how he's fallen how the mighty have fallen but they have him slotted in as a fifth sp over there in atlanta and i just there's just so many questions with pitching i think pitching as a whole these rotations are like some of the bigger parts to really look at so we're, I think it's gonna be a con- common theme on every team who's going that fifth spot. So it's just one of those things that's just to watch out for as well.
1: And you give me the t- the floor to talk. I'm gonna talk. I <laughs>
2: yeah, you guys so. kind of touched on everything, but yeah, I mean, uh,
1: <laughs> what do you, you think is the most important thing from the Nationals out of everything we covered, George? What do you? If, what's the thing you are the most interested in in learning from them in spring training?
2: Oh, I'm interested in that third base job for sure. I think um, basically everything else besides shortstop is secure there. Um, you know, you've got Kendrick and and um, like you said, Thames and and Castro and uh, Cabrera and, and Key Boom. So you want to see how it all shakes out, but definitely that third base is because, uh, you know, we, we all want to see Key Boom, see how he can do there.
1: All right, moving on to the New York Mets. Um, New since York. me and me and uh, Mike have been and hogging the mic here, we're going to let you take this one, George. Uh, what is the most important <laughs> thing to watch for the New York? I mean, for me, there's – basically it's a it's a one issue thing but we'll see if you agree with me what do you think the number one thing to watch for the new york mets is
2: uh, is that jd davis for you yes
0: guys? it could be <laughs> You're not, you, you, don't, no, no, no. you don't give him the mic on jd davis okay right you, <laughs> you skip jd davis you move on to something else matt and i have to fight on who likes him more so okay okay um
2: <laughs> No, I mean you want. I want to see. I want to see Edwin Diaz come in and, and I want to see him pitch strong in post in the uh, in spring training. You know, he he was one that obviously um, struggled last season. So he's someone that uh, you know a lot of people are pegging for a bounce back, and you want to see him come in and, and perform well
1: projections love him uh, this year i know we just had a Derek Hardy on uh turn two uh he has him projected as if i'm not mistaken maybe the second best closer in baseball which is assuming a lot because his a lot of his struggles stem from possibly the new baseball because i know a lot of people had problems uh gripping the slider which is obviously a very big deal for him and he gave up a ton of home runs most of them in just like a couple of game span so i'm with you on diaz um but obviously, going back one second for JD Davis, I mean, I don't think this has surprised anybody. But you have Joanna Cespedes now hitting from you know hitting hitting bombs in spring training. You got, um, you got uh, Jed Lowry who's in a knee brace but completely a full participant in practice. Dominic Smith is still around, backing up first base. They signed, um, I'm blanking on him. Uh, first, who's a former national first base? Um. Matt Adams. Uh, they yeah, signed yeah. Matt Adams also, who I assume oh, oh. I'm is there's the...
0: I'm sorry, I was looking at the roster resource. That's why when you said that, I was like, I don't see he
1: must be a, a minor league uh yeah. well the big qu- I think the big question with him is exciting. when I when they when they signed him, I assumed all right, Dominic Smith's about to be traded. Uh but uh you know they haven't done anything like that yet. They have a incredible log jam for playing time everywhere so yeah the main thing is just to see how that goes because it looks like the Mets should still be making a trade of some kind because you know between Lowry and JD Robinson Cano Jeff McNeil uh, Jed Lowry Dominic Smith there's just too many people on this team and I know depth is good but I'd be shocked if they walked into opening day with all of this depth Definitely.
0: And looking at and the JD Davis and Dominic Smith competition is I guess what to look to what what to watch for sure because apparently those are the two that are fighting. At least that's what I remember reading in the mining the news article, which by the way, if you don't read that, Jeff Zerman puts that out. It's an amazing article. Definitely an awesome, awesome read. But I digress, as always, and uh, <laughs> just, but just that's the competition because I don't see how they keep JD Davis's bat out of that lineup. It legitimately can be an elite bat. He has one of the tightest uh, launch angles, if I remember correctly, from that article that uh, Chamberlain put out. He he's just a, a solid all fields approach guy. The power is very real. He could just be a solid four category guy for fantasy purposes, but for for real life purposes, he could just be a solid middle order bat that can help. Put this team over the top as far as like you know run production. I mean, when you have when you, I'm sorry, but the Mets seem to somehow always just Mets themselves out of it because when you look at this lineup, when you have Michael Conforto projected to hit fifth or sixth, that is a strong lineup. He's this is just a solid well-rounded lineup and i think jd davis can be right in the middle of that and really do big things so and i know i'm not, i'm preaching to the choir because i know you're a very big jd davis guy as well matt but it's just it's, it's frustrating because the mets are gonna mets i have two mets guys on, on our podcast you know with uh sp streamer and uh, zach uh so it's like i hear about their their woes I, I, so i guess i guess i have to ask you i'm gonna put my host hat on Matt, what is your thing as just as a Mets fan, not necessarily just even a fantasy analyst aside or fantasy, you can put your fantasy spin on if you want. But I just got to know, what are you looking for as a Mets fan this year?
1: In general, um, in general,
0: expectations, maybe
1: expectations are to win the division. It's 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 arguably the toughest division in baseball. So any of the teams, in my opinion, um for the aside, from, aside from the Marlins, sorry um, I mean, Eric could make a legitimate case All the projections are very different Depending on where you look I mean, the starting pitching, there's everything suggests Obviously, DeGrom will be DeGrom Syndergaard should bounce back Hopefully, uh, the baseball will help him with his slider He, he you know, he underperforms every year But mm-hmm. still, um, you, you have Steven Matz Who is a little bit underrated Rick Porcello really ended the season on a strong note. He actually is among the league leaders in uh, an F strike and getting ahead of people even O2. He just um, he kind of like you know he doesn't have really that put away pitch, but him moving full time to the National League could be interesting as a fifth starter. Marcus Stroman obviously um, is very vocal about wanting to bounce back, so it'll come down to pitching like usual. But our uh, if the lineup is healthy, um, even not healthy. Uh, because, like I said, the J.D. Davis thing Will probably work itself out Because I have him down for 500 at-bats Even though he's a brutal fielder I think between left and third He'll get enough at-bats Because Jed Lowry's always injured Cespedes is always injured Nimo is always injured Robinson Cano is always injured So th- it'll probably work itself out naturally But, yeah, this Mets team With, you know, I think Luis Rojas Is probably the most um, competent manager We've had in a long time <laughs> At least as far as, tr- as a traditional sense I think that, uh, you know you know they missed the playoffs by one game last year. I, I expect to get there this year.
0: And that was with a bunch of blown saves and such. So, and you guys, if did they blew
1: help- even one. If they blew even one quarter less of the saves, they yeah. would have made it. It was it was bad. Which yeah.
0: goes back to I guess you know your bullpen is a little better. You know you got Batanzas You got Batanzas as a part of it now. And I, there's no way Edwin's as bad as he was last year. So I'm not going to reiterate everything you said. But it's just I hate to say it, but the Mets do look like a good team. We'll see if they can just gal their own way.
1: Yeah. I, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> it's, 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 it'll be a good division to watch. Uh, going to the Philadelphia Phillies who I am shocked didn't do anything to improve that starting rotation more than they did right. because that is a good lineup right there. Um, George, what do you see out of the, what is the important thing you see here out of Philadelphia? I did a thread on Andrew McCutcheon today from one of my 2020 player yeah. threads. Um, I I would love to see how he, how he reacts uh, and how he comes back from his torn ACL because before he went down, he was actually one of the best leadoff hitters in all of baseball. I think led leadoff hitters and runs scored, uh, but obviously he's older and with that knee, he probably won't be an everyday player might platoon with Jay Bruce. So, I mean, there's not, I don't know. There's a lot of things to look at here. Maybe nothing other than that that really stands out as something to look for. What do you see in Philly?
2: Right. Yeah. Just um, that's a good point. Uh, I want to see, you know, McCutcheon come back strong, but uh, you also want to see how, you know, third base, uh, second base shakes out with uh, Segura, Kingery and uh, Alec Boehm. You uh, like to see how he does in spring training. Um, like you said, the, they didn't really add to that rotation. So maybe um, maybe Nick Pavetta can can start strong and, and see if he gets a spot. Spencer Howard is another one who can make an impact this year. So there's a couple guys you'd like to see. You'd like to monitor here in spring training, see how they do.
1: How about Mike? I, uh, I know we didn't talk about Scott Kingery. Obviously he had issues with his vision. He's getting contacts now because he, he complained about blurry vision being a big issue for him. So that is, I don't know if it's necessarily something to see, pun intended, in, in spring training. But, you know, that is something at least to keep in mind uh, when you're looking at Scott Kingery. It is definitely something to
0: look for. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> there. Exactly. Uh, but Kingery, just like Segura, I think they're both... It's one of those, they're going to get, I think, regardless of how well Bohm does, I think, I still think King Green and Segura are going to enter the season as the starters, both of which are going to be on a short leash, because this is a team that, although they didn't address their pitching woes all that much, they still have intentions of competing, and Bohm is ready, or appears to be, we'll see how well he does in spring training, but spring training... I hate spring training sometimes. Like I love it because baseball's baseball's like really back. Like oh my god, I'm yeah. excited. Like OMG! But um, in all seriousness, like it's just I, I these guys can crush some of these the squad A pitching they feel they, they they're facing. They, these guys can. A lot of the pitchers are coming in here throwing, and we'll get to a couple guys I want. Work, there's a couple guys I have in my head that definitely want to highlight as far as pitchers working on different pitches. But that's the thing. A lot of pitchers are working on different pitches, so you can only take so much of the offensive production out of spring training. With that said, though, you still want to see guys do better versus poor. But I don't know. At the end of the day, that's an interesting situation going on there. And then, obviously, you mentioned the pitching staff is
1: just—it is what it is. I mean, I think—I don't. They, know. I mean, they did add Zach Wheeler, but with his yeah. fly ball tendencies, I'd like to see how that flies an entire season in Citizens Bank yeah. Park. Hey, oh. flies, man! The puns are going today. Yeah, I <laughs> have a I got- pun counter in the top of the
0: screen. That's awesome. I do, I wish I had another one, but Adam an uh, interesting name in general to look, keep keep an eye out for. I think um, he definitely flashed in, in the minors a little bit last year, and there is some, you know, obviously this is, goes back to your deeper leagues now, your 15-teamers. He's a guy as a fifth out... Uh, not, I mean, I'd rather not have him as a fifth outfielder, but he could be serviceable if necessary, again, in, those, in deeper formats, but he's likely going to be on your bench, regardless. A guy to definitely um, keep an eye out on, see how he does going into the year, but Otherwise, man, this lineup is littered with fantasy goodness. And it's just,
1: like you said, the pitching is just the big question mark there. Yeah. That's all. That's um, all. <laughs> I know we're spending a lot of time in the NLEs, folks, but we are all fans of teams in the NL East, So sorry yes. for the slant. We happen to know a lot about this division. And we will end with the Marlins, who I will obviously kick to Mike first, <laughs> uh, being the Marlins fan. But they're, in my, they're like the Tigers in the sense that people ignore – some extreme value on the team just because of the team they play for, where there's still some guys. I mean, they brought in some some surprising veterans like Corey Dickerson, Jonathan Villar, um, and uh, Jesus Aguilar, guys that could definitely surprise um, with with some um, with some value. So, what are you looking for uh, for your Miami Marlins, Mike?
0: Well, first off, seeing Garrett Cooper plugged in as a starter. Um, already is kind of what I was hoping for. I, I really liked what I saw from him last year and he, he's been following a lot of early drafts. again, this is a lot okay, let me get this out of the way. other than VR and maybe Brian Anderson and Alfaro, the rest of this the rest of this team is pretty much 15 team only
1: relevant. Caleb um, Caleb Smith
0: Yeah obviously I was talking about the hitters. I didn't get to huh. the pitchers yet the pitchers somehow managed to stay relevant. you have about you have Caleb Smith. And that's about it for 12-teamers. But, um, going, but I, I mean, I guess C. Dick is borderline. You know, Corey Dickerson's kind of borderline 12, 15-teamer. But this team is... I'd say there's stuff above Detroit, and I think all the signings are kind of interesting.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean like- to call you Detroit by the way. i just <laughs> I just meant that people tend to overlook it because of the team name. well definitely yeah.
0: because there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting names here again v r being the main one, and unfortunately, Birdie was a guy I was really in on like October and November, and then when all these signings started trickling in, I was like, well, there goes birdie because birdie's probably gonna end up being a utility guy, so in daily formats for speed, he might have some value, but other than that man you v r and Cooper, who I really like. Brian Anderson's probably my favorite little sneaky value in this lineup because I think he's 12 team relevant, at least if you have a corner infield spot, because he's going to be hitting third. And again, that's behind VR, who should get on base quite a bit, behind Cooper, who's who showed flashes last year, and sandwiched. And then you have Dickerson and Aguiar likely slotted behind him so he's gonna have Anderson's line-
1: been getting better year after year after year like three years in a row he just keeps getting better 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 better
0: and he has for, for the first time in his in the first time since he's been a major leaguer he has players ahead of him that can get on base so he can get some RBIs he has lineup protection behind him so he should see pitches and I think there's a lot of upside a lot of potential here for just a solid player nothing special nothing flashy but a solid guy who's gonna give you 20 mid you know low to mid 20s and home runs could give you 80 rbis and hit you 270 in the process like that's valuable and people he's just being overlooked and forgotten because he's on the marlins but the marlins have been better than better this year than they have been last two three maybe four years so maybe i'm just maybe maybe i'm just optimistic i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think you recapped miami pretty good uh george anything he did mention that you see in miami uh, no, he pretty much touched on
2: everything. I, I do like Garrett Cooper. He had uh, some of the highest uh, average exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. I'd like to see him, you know, hit a, hit some fewer uh, fewer ground balls. Uh, another guy that I actually really like in Miami is uh, Ryan Stanek. Uh, so I know Brandon Kinsler is expected to go in as the closer, but uh, Stanek can be their Nick Anderson this year. I think he underperformed his uh, strikeout percentage. Uh, I think his swinging strike was like around fifteen percent and. Uh, he only had like a 27% uh, strikeout percentage. So I think Ryan, Ryan Stanek could could be a pretty sneaky value there.
0: You know who else could have been Nick Anderson for the Marlins this year? Nick Anderson. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dang trade. Goodness.
1: That dang trade. We, do you want to go through all the dang trades no, for Miami no, no, another day? Okay. No, uh, no. Moving on to the NL Central, the St. Louis Cardinals. I For me, the thing to look for there is them to avoid – Adding anybody else, at least if you own any Cardinals at the moment, Yasiel Puig or anything like that, them not bringing back Ozuna was the best possible news for Tommy Edmond, who we were not sure if, um, he would get the, again, locked in at bats. At this point, you would think between his, his position, uh, Versatility. He is probably a lock to to be in there every day. Um, the rest of the outfield's kind of a dumpster fire. <laughs> Tyler O'Neill remains intriguing, uh, but as far as the team, the, the I just kind of want to see what they plan on doing with that lineup, and I just looking forward to seeing Tommy Edman in every day. Um, I know. There's obviously questions whether they stretching out Alex Reyes to be a starter again, Car- Sa- Carlos Martinez, what the heck's going on there? So that is uh, al- also uh, the obvious thing on the pitching side. But um, I guess starting with you, George, since, you knew, uh, since I went to Mike the first time, what do you like in St. Louis? What's the most important thing for you?
2: Uh, the most important thing for me is how that fifth rotation and the closer spot shakes out. You've got, John Gant, Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley, Andrew Miller, Carlos Martinez, Alex Reyes—who can all come into play for in, in any of these positions? So,
0: so many names.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couple, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm a big Gallegos fan, but you just you're not sure if they're just going to keep him in that you know setup role, seventh, eighth inning, high leverage. Well, if it's not him,
1: who do you think? Just because it seems like Seymour vocally wants to start, and the reports are they're he stretching does, yeah. Reyes back out. Who I would have loved to be the closer. Um, so, who do you like if it's not Gallegos?
2: uh well if it's not uh, keeping those three names uh out of it i guess um I, I really like Ryan Helsley he's a name that's been going around he throws uh you know similar profile to like Jordan Hicks who uh you know they he's probably not going to be back till at least halfway through the season so and even then we're not sure if he's going to be closing so Ryan Helsley is someone um that i like John Gant had closed before uh, last season as well so yeah i mean a couple names there but what do you guys think
0: well, you are the relief pitcher guy for bases loaded. So I'm glad you were there. For, you were here for that question because I just saw what, what uh, apparently, according to Mining the News, again, that article mm-hmm. is just fantasy gold. Is uh They were talking about Helsley being a dark horse for that spot. So he's the name that came to mind instantly as well because, again, that's what the Mining the News said. But I trust your opinion just as much because you follow, you cover relief pitchers, fan tracks. You are the relief pitcher guy, like I said, on, on our podcast. So I'm gonna trust your judgment on this one. I'm not gonna try to steal the thunder.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean Alex Ray is. We just we could just you know dream Dream on on on. the potential. You know,
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, as far as as far as the 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 lineup goes, though, back to the starting lineup, I I want to believe in Tommy Edmund playing every day. But for some reason there was a report that said that, that he might get around 500 at bats this year. I don't right. see how I, I, and he's supposed to be like a super utility, but I don't see how he's not in the lineup more times than he's not. So, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm buying into the idea as well, Matt, that that Tommy Emin will be playing almost every day. I I'm wondering if Dylan Carlson's going to sneak into that opening day li- uh lineup. All yeah.
1: the any analyst who's a Cardinals fan has mentioned has mentioned him. And I think um with Justin was it Justin Mason, I think was excited about him as well. Uh he brought him up. But yeah, everybody seems to I mean, literally, I mean there's a lot of stats on there of just how bad that outfield is. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like many outfielders that alone uh have a higher war than the entire St. Louis one. So yeah, Carlson is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um good. Oh sorry, last thing.
0: Um oh, sorry to interrupt just Harrison Bader apparently is working on a swing. And that could that could make, maybe he's a post-hype guy because he's a guy that I'm starting to grow on. He's starting to grow on me a little bit because he always offered that power speed combination. At least he was supposed to last year. She flashed it in 2018. So maybe, you know, after down year, people forgotten about him, the pressure's off and He might surprise us and he's like i think i honestly looked because i again a couple home leagues he went undrafted he's like three percent owned in yahoo leagues and he might make my very first waiver wire show at this rate and we'll obviously we'll see how he does in spring training but he's a guy that i'm keeping an eye on because i i'm a sucker for swing change we we forgot to address with reese hoskins so those are two guys that come to mind i actually made notes on i forgot to mention that swing changes can be a very big tangible change that lead to a large amount of success so those are guys that just keep an eye on see how they produce in spring see how the swing changes go for them. And maybe these guys that we were a year early on
1: you, uh, I do want to actually touch on Hoskins. I don't know how we forgot him. Yeah. We just, Uh, (laughs) uh, the, the swing change thing baffles me a little bit because from everything I researched when doing my breakdown for Hoskins, it seemed like an overwhelming reason the Phillies fired their hitting coach was due to him trying to change reese hoskins trying to make him like an all fields hitter when hoskins was very very effective as just being a pull monster so again he never really had an issue pulling the ball now they're changing his uh his stance to open up a little bit it just seems like an unnecessary change (laughs) i mean it seems like something to maybe have him i mean maybe makes him uh uh, be able to pull pull more balls foul i mean i it is definitely something i want to see how it works out and if he sticks with it because i it didn't when looking at him, it doesn't seem like something he necessarily needed to do. So I'd like to see how it works out. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers who I just took Christian Yelich in the turn to uh, listeners league, a uh, best ball uh, literally just seconds ago. I got nothing for you with the Milwaukee Brewers. They need to stay healthy. Uh, I'm not looking for anything there. Everything seems <laughs> that I'm interested in seems pretty cut and dry. Uh, so I will let you guys take the Brewers.
0: George, go for it, buddy.
2: All right. Well, uh, the one thing I, I have down here to, to monitor is um, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns, two post guys. You know, two post type guys that uh, we'll see. You know, Peralta is supposed to be uh, introducing a new pitch here in in, in spring training and his slider that he's been working on. And uh, Corbin Burns, obviously, you know, last year he, I mean, he they both have good strikeout stuff. Um, they just got burned by you know a lot of home runs, but. We'll see. I mean, you look at the rotation and fun counter. You got- said
0: burned.
1: You said burned and burns and ching burn. <laughs> Corbin Burns, by the way, is oh, on my yeah. short list of people that are too good to be this shitty.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you look at their rotation. You got Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, Josh Lindblom, Eric Lauer. The 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 innings leader in that rotation was uh was Eric Lauer from last season at like 165 I mean Woodruff had like 100, 120 Hauser like 110 Josh Lindblom's coming over from from uh, Korea Brett Anderson's never been able to really stay healthy I was surprised that he pitched as many innings as he did last season so there's gonna be opportunity there so I think Peralta and Burns are two guys to monitor that uh, could take a hold of, could get a chance you know back in that rotation
0: Now, I actually talked to Nick Pollock uh, yesterday about this, the the Corbin Burns phenomenon, the whole, like, what the hell is going on? And it's just a lot of Burns. First off, that slider is absolutely nasty. It's ridiculous. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. The fastball, apparently, uh, from what Nick was telling me, is that it has a little bit of a cut action to it, which is not a good thing necessarily. These days, you want a four-seamer with rise. Yeah. And if he can – I guess his big thing is if he could somehow alter that to get more rise out of his fastball instead of um, the cut action, you could be looking at a far stronger fastball-slider combo. Which, But my big thing, and it's always been my thing about Corbin Burns and the reason why I've targeted him in early drafts, at the very least he will be one of those middle relievers that give you good ratios and good K rates. Somebody, But this also might give the Brewers a chance to put Hayter back into a – uh, two-inning role, which would really hurt his value, especially because of where he's going in early drafts. But it's very realistic. He was very effective in that role in the past, and I don't see why they wouldn't want to go back into that. And if they did treat Hayter more of a two-inning guy, that could give Corbin Burns a chance to fall into a couple two-inning saves as well if he shows to be effective in that role. So I'm thinking at the very least, you might f- – I mean, maybe I'm being a little optimistic. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But i like Corbin Burns to maybe fall into a couple saves this year in that type of relief role cuz again remember that three the whole three batter minimum could be a big deal. We we I keep forgetting that that's a thing. So maybe that three hitter minimum turns into like well Burns uh, Burns just came in, lit it up. Let's put him back out there for another three batters. Why not? Why you know, instead of bringing out a guy for uh, for three more batters. So who knows? I don't I'm not sure exactly what to expect with Burns, but I'm hopeful at the very least that he falls into that type of role, but obviously I would like him to start transition to the hitters. There's just so many question marks for playing time. Like, is Justin Smoke going to be the full time first baseman? That ballpark plays very well to him and his skill set. Avicel Garcia. I know George. You're a big a big fan of his. I just took him in a, one of our little uh, fake teams and friends uh, drafts we did together. But he's a power speed combination with a lot of fantasy upside if he could play more times than not. Ryan Braun. Where is he going to go? Eric Sogard? Can we? I, I can't believe this, to think this, but he might be an everyday third baseman, which could provide some sneaky value because he showed and flashed a swing change last year and showed what type of production he could do putting the ball in the air more. And all he did was go to a hitter's ballpark in Milwaukee. So I'm, bullish i'm a little bullish on eric sogard again this goes back i my this goes back to my deep league bias like i'm finding value in guys that he i doubt sogard is drafted in 12 teamers but he could be a waiver wire guy early on so he's a guy that i'm watching out for can Kane bounce back there's a lot of just overall things i'm looking for on this team surprisingly i didn't realize how much they had going for them and i don't know i think there's a lot maybe i'm finding value in guys i normally wouldn't this time of the. <laughs> just because again i play in these deeper formats so i don't know there's a lot i'm keeping my eye on and of course Yelich is going to Yelich. so all right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: And we're back. The only reason I didn't say I, I was interested in anything is all the questions, because all the questions you guys brought up were good. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to learn anything in spring training that's going to actually clear <laughs> any of that up, Plans which time. is why I didn't say anything. Uh, which, didn't. by the way, uh, I should make the opening of this podcast your quote. I'm bullish on Eric Sogard. So that's what's how <laughs>
0: what we're gonna end the show. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I. <laughs> I'm, dude, we saw Sogard do
1: his thing last year. Let's not talk about him anymore. I, <laughs> I, I I agree with you, but we're going to move on from Eric Sogard. We're already <laughs> like 30 minutes in. We're like halfway through the second division. It's um. A, well,
0: I you you did warn them that this was gonna be a longer <laughs> podcast because we are going team by team on what we're looking for. And again, you're giving me a platform to speak on every team. This is gonna happen. I'm gonna talk about Eric Sogard and his 13 home runs and eight steals last year. <laughs>
1: that is now that that is now gonna be a running joke on Twitter forever when. Whenever you're talking about a player, are we talking about Eric Sogard? 290,
0: 13, and 8, man. You can't you can't make those numbers up. He did that in 110 games. You put that out towards a full season. You're looking at a 20, <laughs> you're looking at a 2010 guy hitting 290. And we're talking hey, about Milwaukee. Yes, please. Give me hey, Eric Sogard. Dark Horse good. MVP candidate right there. There
2: hey, is. he's the face um, of MLB, right? He's
0: the fantasy. <laughs> Change the logo. He is the uh, fantasy MVP. Or actually the fantasy. That was the thing value. He's gonna be the fantasy sleeper. That wins you your league this year. Watch.
2: Yeah. That was a thing uh, when he was in Oakland, and they had the the vote of you know who's the face of MLB. That, uh, yeah, uh, Oakland fans, man, they they're they're awesome. They they got a huge following, and they they made uh, Eric Sogard the face of MLB.
0: <laughs> Hashtag rooted in Oakland. There we go. I learned the
1: I learned the Twitter hashtags. I, I used them a lot last year. It's awesome. Um, go to Chicago Cubs. Um, George, how if you had to just tell the the viewers or the listeners, K percentage minus walk percentage is such an awesome stat to be able to quickly look at a pitcher and see how effective it can be if you want to go the lazy route and only look at a couple of metrics. People always ask us that. What are the metrics you look at for a pitcher? Like 3,000 things. But if you needed to zero Mm -hmm. in on one, I love K minus walk percentage. If you had to tell the viewers what would you consider to be a good number? Like where you looked at him and be like, okay, this guy did pretty well. What would you just say off the top of your head is a good solid number?
2: Off the top of my head, maybe um,
1: like 20%. Okay, perfect. You Darvish last year in April, uh, 8.5 K minus walk percentage. May, 14.6. June, 20.5. July, 28.3. August, 33.6. September, 42.9. Wow, I thought that was made up When I saw that posted I thought that's like video game numbers right there That is how well he did to end the season Obviously we always know he could strike people out But he really, really cut down on the walks in the second half Um, So that is what I'm looking forward to seeing in Chicago Is how he looks I want to see how his control looks Because right now If he's the guy we saw in the second half He's like maybe the best value at starting pitching But obviously there's question marks just coming out of his (laughs) years, but, uh, you Darvish is definitely the guy I want to look at.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, sticking along with the pitching Craig Kimbrell, you want to see him come in healthy and, uh, see if he could bounce back. He's another one of those relievers that, um, you know, probably going, I'm not even sure how, which, you know, where he's at among relievers, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, another one that people are pegging for a bounce back. So you like to see how he comes out in spring training.
0: I want to know why Nico Horner can't break camp as everyday second baseman. They, I know they have uh, Jason Kipnis now. They just brought him in as a non-roster invitee. They also have uh, David Boat or Bodie. I forgot how to say his name. Uh, Either way, I just – I really want to see Nico Horner be given a shot, see if he can earn his way up because, I mean, he did come up last year and – he did he did he did a little something something and he could play a position that we need you know fantasy relevance at but ian happ's supposed to be the everyday center fielder hopefully that's gonna be awesome he showed some growth at the plate last year some plate discipline growth which is really nice and that's a little power speed combination yeah he might hurt you in batting average but obp leagues like definitely a target and again power speed combinations are in high demand and he's a guy that offers that and of course my 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 love of on this team, my favorite player that I, I want all the shares I can get is Kyle Schwarber. We saw legitimate changes in the plate uh, in the plate approach last year. He he had more of an all fields approach in the second half. That would coincided with a swing change that he actually had at some point last year. I couldn't pinpoint when exactly, but it was it was obvious. I just I found it in the tape. I just couldn't find the exact date. But regardless, you saw the the play approach change. You saw the swing uh, the batting stance change, and with it came the change in production. And specifically against lefties, you saw him be serviceable against lefties in the second half. Maybe that'll lead to more at bats against lefties. And he's hitting cleanup behind Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. You're talking about 100 RBIs easily in that situation coupled with maybe 35 home runs or so and probably a 250-ish, 260-ish batting average, I would say, low end. This guy is a great value, great power source, great middle lineup guy, and a guy I'm targeting for all my fantasy leagues. And I will stop talking now.
1: (laughs) Uh, The one thing is uh, they have been talking about putting Chris Bryant in the leadoff spot, which – I, hate, I love when teams love to overthink stuff. He'll obviously get a lot more bats. That will not work out very well for his RBI total in the National mm-hmm. League, but that is something also to obviously look out for to see if they're actually doing that. Um, you did mention Ian Happ, who I'll touch on very briefly. I do love that the fact that he might get every day at bats. When he went to – when he struggled mightily and they sent him to the minor leagues, they actually uh, tried to get him to be more aggressive early in the count because he was um, – he was being a little too passive and uh, not, not really uh, uh, he needed to, approach uh when he had two strikes he needed to like kind of change his swing to try to shorten it up and make more contact so they gave him like an a swing and a b swing a swing that would be something where he would elevate the ball more early in the count b swing he would completely change up his grip and try to shorten up his swing make contact so he wouldn't just strike out constantly and it worked for him in the minors when he came up in the majors he struggled even though he had a killer second half he struggled really badly when he first came up and he appeared to completely throw that out the window. He was still being aggressive early in the count with his new elevated swing, which you can see how well he ended the year. Uh, but he did completely ditch the, uh, the O2 approach, which you can see if you look up his numbers, not that anyone does well. 0 two, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he actually grew or if it was just a hot streak. And he's the same guy we saw a couple of years ago, which still, if he's batting every day could still be valuable. Um, Cincinnati reds. Since I just talked a whole bunch, George, we'll just let you take it from the top with the reds here who obviously uh, most people have projected to possibly even win this division this year.
2: Yeah, they're a team that um, – it, it's really tough. I mean, they're kind of set. Um, you know, the rotation set, the, the bullpen. There's really nothing here. You want to see how the outfield shakes out. You want to see maybe um, someone like Nixon Zell come in and, and do well. But, yeah, I mean, I've kind of got nothing for the Reds here.
0: There's just so much, like, what's going to happen. They, they're really, like, I want, like, the only thing to really watch – is playing time because right. you, know, out, you don't know how the outfield is going to shake out. You have Akiyama, you have Castellanos. Now you have Winker, you have Senzel, who sh- I guess is trending towards being healthy. You we assume
1: Aquino is being sent to the minors. That's that's say, what I like, assume,
0: right? Aki, Aki Aquino is another one there's five outfielders for three spots, essentially. And,
1: I don't know. Right yeah. now, it shows Aquino on the bench. I, I just assume because he, he had the. Also... I just assume because he had an option. He was the easy guy to send down, regardless of how well he batted.
0: Yeah, and then there's yeah. Philip Irvin. Urban. Philip Irvin's a thing. I mean, I know it's more of a backup thing, but he's still a thing. <laughs> Scott you Shebler's
1: mean, still alive, but he's, he's terrible.
0: Josh Van Meter, <laughs> Van Meter still there? Like I'm just. I, I, my point is, I guess they need. It's one of those teams that need to make a trade and uh, lighten up some of that outfield depth because it's a little much. They even have Michael Lorenzen technically as a two way player and <laughs> and, and plays the outfield last year. So
1: and I, I did hear that
2: they want to give him some at bats. So
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they have to right, so they can keep that designation because they can now keep them on the roster and not count against their pitching total with the new MLB rule, the yeah, Otani is- the Otani rule.
0: Which is awesome for you know the Reds, not for real life. But I do love this pitching staff. I love I mean, there's nothing to say. I love it. Wade Miley's sneaky right. good. We all I mean, it's well documented how much I love Tony Disco. I am all about it. And the fact that he's the fifth starter scares me because that means he's the first one to be replaced essentially. If, if something went wrong, but I think this is probably one of the first pitching pitching staffs we've seen where the top five, there is no there are no questions as to who's starting. Which is
1: kind of nice. That's
0: yeah. just it's nice to have that. So I don't know. And I like the I like every pitcher in this lineup. So in this rotation, uh, I mean,
1: there is one guy we didn't mention that you obviously want to pay attention to. It's Eugenio Suarez. Uh, oh, he has yeah, the that, shoulder yeah. thing. All reports seem to suggest it's not a big deal. We don't know for sure. So until he's out there swinging for the fence, we don't know. So obviously that's a more obvious thing, but we want to check out what the heck Eugenio Suarez is up to. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who appear to be uh, running it back for last place. Uh trade uh trade starling Marte um Man nothing to see here Uh I, I know there's a, a certain Starting pitcher that uh you guys Probably want to talk about but yeah The only thing I say is brian reynolds there's nothing Really to see in spring training i'd like to see what They plan on doing with the top of that lineup whether it's Adam frazier i'd like to see brian reynolds At the top he's a he's never batted Below 300 in his entire career including Last year so um Even though he's maybe not exciting in any Area he's going really late in drafts and if he's going to lead off for a major league team, he will still get a lot of counting stats. So I'd love to see them batting him at the very top of the lineup.
0: Kevin Newman is the guy I'm looking at because I actually have a good amount of shares already. He's just a solid a power speed combination. Right now, they it looks like they put him at the top of the lineup, but we will see. Because again, I've seen him as low as like six or seven. I've seen him one or two. I think this lineup again. This is when you got to. Kind of realize like bad teams have fantasy relevant players like they just do. Josh Bell obviously sit right in the middle. I don't know if Gregory plonko is a thing anymore. I want to believe a little bit, but I'm over it. I've actually heard rumblings of them possibly trading Josh Bell, which is nuts because in today's game, a 27 year old entering his prime is a trade asset. I
1: I can't believe that, but whatever. I think um, they'd be selling low too because I, I think yeah. that they can't sell him for how he performed. And I think he could get better than what we saw last year. But if you trade yep. him now, you're not getting full value for what he could potentially be. And the biggest issue is
0: the, um, apparently his defense isn't so good. <laughs> so that's another issue for real life
1: purposes, not fantasy. We don't Beggars can't be choosers. Pittsburgh, keep Josh. Yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a
2: fan of some of those guys at the top there with bell and, and uh, Reynolds, Reynolds a big Reynolds yeah. fan. Yeah. Big Reynolds, big Reynolds fan. Um, another thing I'm looking at is, well, they got a new pitching coach. So you like to see, um, you know, how these guys come out uh mitch keller is talking a big game saying he wants to be the ace he's uh, on that list
1: too bad too good to be this bad right <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly exactly and musgrove, uh, he's, got he's got good stuff he, he's talked about getting away from his fastball a little bit so uh, yeah, i think him, it's
0: crushed <laughs> yeah yeah so
2: uh, keller and musgrove in particular i know we're, i think we're all uh, musgrove fans here so um, those two in particular, you'd like to see how they perform, uh, see how they've maybe changed their picks, mi- pitch mix a little bit uh, here in spring training. If,
1: we well, talked if, about if, Mike. You brought up on you brought up earlier on Twitter what constitutes as a sleeper, and I mentioned Charlie Morton is or, or not Charlie Morton, uh, Joe oh, Musgrove. Oh sorry, Charlie, Charlie yeah. Morton. If he's a sleeper, you're playing. <laughs> yeah, them. no, no. I mean, uh, Joe Musgrove <laughs> is one, and everyone's like the cat's been out of the bag since August, and it's Joe hard. Musgrove. But like his ADP is not jumping. So that's why I want to say people love to say they love a guy, but if I don't see his ADP move and he still remains a sleeper because he seems like a guy that everyone wants to be right on, but no one's willing to grab ahead of time. So I, I think, yeah, no, I mean, people are, but yeah, if everyone's on him, why is he being drafted in outer space still?
0: Well, that's the same same thing for Mitch Keller. Like I was t- again, this just happened to come up cuz you know, when you have Nick Polgon, which you are going to have Nick Polgon on your podcast in a couple in a few days, spoiler alert. Um <laughs> <laughs> hope you don't mind that. You can edit it out if you do. Uh
1: it's a secret. Damn you.
0: It was a secret. <laughs> no, right, it doesn't why. matter. <laughs> uh, the, the cat's out of the bag, but Mitch Keller is a guy that He's an industry darling. Everyone seems to love him, but his ADP is yet to reflect that. So it's like just because we in the industry maybe we all like him. Like in TGFBI, I expect Musgrove to go like thirty picks ahead of ADP, but in your typical draft, he won't. He'll he'll continue to go right around his ADP because you, I guess a lot of people like, including myself, like in home leagues, I'm not reaching on him so much. Like I actually missed on him because I didn't reach on him in one, but again, I got him in the other because I just he fell that he fell where he fell. But it's one of those things where. I don't know, man. I feel like us as an industry, we really love him and we are willing to reach for him. But in our in other leagues, you don't have that same type of love and the same type of upside or at least thought of uh, mindset potential for him. So I think that's what I think it's like one of those things you have to remember that just because our industry is so big on a guy, it won't necessarily reflect an ADP, at least right away or in general, because not every like it's just I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> just one of those guys that's like, it's hard it's hard to really put my like what i'm trying to say in the words i'm hoping i'm doing well or i'm just circling talking in circles which i'm really good at anyway but it's just it's hard to say i don't know i just i don't he might be one of those guys that won't won't jump up the adp but people continue to say they love him even though you don't see it so to speak i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to try to put it in words but i don't think it's coming out appropriately so i i can't land the plane it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep flying in circles
1: Uh, Moving to the National League West, the LA Dodgers I'm going to be laser focused on one player And I talk about him constantly And that is Corey Seager I want to see how he looks A year uh, completely removed from the hip And Tommy John He obviously, I bring this up all the time After May, he was on like a uh, 30 home run 120 RBI pace Uh, They brought in Von Skyock, the guy who worked with J.D. Martinez, on his launch angle specifically. He worked with Corey Seager, um, and he started hitting for more power. But we saw what Corey Seager used to be, higher batting average, lower power guy. There's a very strong possibility, I think, that maybe he merges the two together, kind of like Freddie Freeman did earlier in his career. Seager is still very young, but there's a possibility he gets that 300 average up back back up and he still keeps the power i know it's it's harder usually when you sacrifice batting average um for power sometimes but Corey seager is very talented and there's a chance that comes together so yeah i will be all over seeing how Corey seager looks eric Sogard's i am right
0: better. there with you <laughs> eric Sogard is better Oh man, <laughs> I just got. <can't> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at this. Ha- I have a tab open just for Eric Sogard's Fangraphs page, and now it's like I'm just staring at it. So whatever. <laughs> um uh Corey Seager, yeah, he's coming. You talked me into him. Like I wasn't, and I'm still not necessarily high on him, so to speak. But I am confident in targeting him for my middle infield spot, if that means anything to you. But <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. You were saying something before I interrupted you about Eric Sogard because Eric Sogard is the man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, um, I touched on Corey Seager. He was one of the, our guys uh, on the bases loaded pod that I like inside the top 150. If you look at his battered ball profile, he was, uh, you know, he was just coming back from the injury, coming back in 2019. Uh, first half of the season, his uh, exit velocity on line drives and fly balls was about, about 92. It was up to 93 going into July and August. And in September, he had that big September, seven home runs in, se- in September. It was up to 94, uh, almost up to 95 where his career Uh, average was so he's he was coming back he was looking like old uh seager there and he's only 25 so you 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 get him this season uh i think that uh 290 to 300 25 home runs is going to be great value i think he could do that
0: you know there's a guy here and this just goes back to remember how you mentioned earlier the whole sleeper post i made this is the exact example of why i have a hard time calling guys sleepers going outside the top 115 adp because you have justin turner doing that i think he's going around 180 ish I believe again, I I this is, remember how you mentioned having ADP available, and I forgot to I actually do, but it doesn't matter. Um, he's uh he's a guy that technically fits the sleeper ADP, but everybody knows who he is, so that turns him into a value. And that's where my argument is is like I don't know what to call a sleeper because a guy like him with ADP outside top 150 isn't a sleeper. Everybody knows who he is, but he's a heck of a value, and he's hitting right in the middle of that lineup. So that's why it's like I don't know what to think, but what really I'm watching is what's going on with this rotation man because i mean alex wood is a starter but he didn't like he missed all of last year is he really gonna be ready why is ross stripling not starting i need ross stripling to be a starter please we need him to be on the
1: angels that's what we need we needed it
0: (laughs) or the yankees after the injuries like oh yeah like that actually came up i'm like well can't we saw that ross stripling should be available via trade can the yankees go make that happen now type of thing like that makes that's a great fit that would jump him up in everyone's rankings I already have him ranked re- relatively aggressively I do draft him hoping he's a starter but this this rotation Urias is going to start I think so I, I, I almost think unless Urias gets hurt it's really and I think they've pretty much said he's gonna be a starter it's really a fight for that fifth spot and right now it shows Wood Alex Wood's getting that fifth spot in that r- rotation but you have Dustin May you have Gonsolin you have Stripling so and heck you actually have Jimmy Nelson there too so it's really it's so many names and they got to do something. This is like similar to the Reds outfield situation. So I'm really watching to see who wins that fifth spot, hoping it's Stripling because I'm a huge Stripling guy.
1: Yeah the uh, the next team up in the division is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I almost said the Arizona Cardinals. That's the, that's where I, for some reason my brain is at this morning. Arizona Diamondbacks. The Marte. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Uh, The Marte parte at the top of the lineup. (laughs) So uh, they are going to be probably a surprising team. The thing that I obviously, I don't know why we have to look at this, but Zach Gallen is apparently going to be competing for the fifth spot in the rotation. That is the number one pitcher on the team, in my opinion, is going to be competing for a spot in the rotation. So I guess, That is the thing I'll be looking forward to is to see if they're somehow going to be up to something weird in Arizona with the rotation. But other than that, I I don't have a ton of question marks here. Everything is kind of, again, like Milwaukee seems cut and dry for me as far as actually anything to learn in spring training.
2: Yeah.
0: I just don't understand how the, the Marlins screwed up another trade but <laughs> that's the only thing I just want to point out tomorrow screw up another trade. Cause we, we, talked about, talked about making it into a podcast. Couldn't help myself. Uh, Christian Walker is interesting, but I'm uh, trying as far as things to watch, I have to remember, we're looking for things to watch. And I just want to talk about, I just want to talk about players. So that's like, that is, that is the only thing to watch. Um, yeah, that's it. You're right. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this lineup, and Zach Gallon's the only question, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause
1: he shouldn't be the, um, the, the one interesting, Madison Bumgarner, who the bat has projected, again, a guy being taken fairly early in drafts, has him projected for about an 8K uh, an per 9 and a 4.59 ERA, while um, I think Pacoda has him projected for around a 3.2 ERA. That has got to be like maybe the biggest disparity I've ever seen in any uh, projections in the history of baseball. <laughs>
0: Yeah and <laughs> but what's what scares me is I don't see how like I'm wondering how much being away from Oracle Park's gonna hurt him because you know you do those fun little like this is George something George and uh, Bubba turned me to doing just for fun. It's for fun. It's uh take the you know you take Chase Field or Chase Stadium whatever it's called and you put his uh and you put Garner's hit spray chart over it and you saw that he would have allowed a ton more home runs. But that almost shows in the numbers because you if you look at his home and away splits just last year, you're looking at literally almost like a two and a half run difference. His ERA on the road last year was five point two nine. His ERA at home was two point nine three. He's not gonna. Play nearly as many games in, in San Francisco, obviously. And if you, he actually allowed the same amount of home runs 15 in both, ha- in bo- home and away. But we're talking what 40 almost 40 less innings away. And he let you know the same amount of home runs. So that home run, I honestly should have had the home run per nine up and available, but I don't because I suck apparently. But the home run per nine was obviously vastly, vastly different and a lot worse on the road. So I'm wondering to see how much that's going to translate into a full season with a new home park not not in San Fran and you had you already had them mention that they want to throw his curveball more and get away from i guess the the fastball so we'll see if some of these changes translate to some success but i'm not really big on Mad Bum and it's a lot of it's just cuz what he showed to be away from San Fran so uh
1: the San Francisco Giants um George is a fan. We have George we have a uh, San Fran fan here. Yeah, um, yep. <laughs> we can commiserate together, guys. I mean I don't know. I mean, I'm excited Wilmer Flores gets to play every day in a division filled with lefties. He should probably do well against the Dodgers. He literally kills left-handers. I didn't know why more more teams weren't in on him, but I guess the the only guy I'm really looking for is maybe Tyler Bede. (laughs) I'd like to see. He's obviously he looks like he's working on some things and he uh, he had an intriguing end of the season. So uh, that's I mean, I other than that, I mean. That, that's the only thing I'm looking for. Uh, George, what do, you, what do you see here that you're interested in in, in kind of uh, tracking in spring training?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that second base job. You mentioned uh, Wilmer Flores. He's probably going to play a bit for um, at, at first base as well. Uh, I know they want to give Brandon Belt some time off. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, see uh, how he can uh, fit in there to, with their plans. Uh, I know he's going to play some outfield as well. He's someone who can, uh, at some point in the season, can have that shortstop, second base, and outfield eligibility and then their rotation, they, they brought in Drew Smiley, um, they brought in Kevin Gausman, they have uh, Logan Webb, uh, Tyler Beattie, Webb is someone that I like a lot, um, and Cueto as well, see if he can come back, uh, reports are that he's uh, he's one of those to file in with the best shape of his life, uh, kind of, you know, he's apparently he's been working out a lot, getting in some really good shape, uh, trying you know, coming back, year back from Tommy John, so we'll see, uh, he's someone to monitor as well, but. Uh, and then their closer situation. They haven't announced a closer yet. Uh, it, they're kind of letting that play out in spring training as well. So that's one of those situations that you just, people are throwing a lot of darts at right now in, in, in drafts, uh, trying to chase saves. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to see how that situation and, and then with the rotation.
1: All right. Anything to add for the uh, the San Francisco Giants? Um.
0: Not really. It's they're, they're, they're Ron the pres- Burgundy.
1: Yeah. Oh, All right, we'll there we'll the move on to the-, as, uh,
0: the Marlins. So, yeah.
1: All right, everybody, grab a grab, grab an acid and an Advil. We're about to talk about the Colorado Rockies. Oh, man. <laughs> is You know what? As complicated as they are, is there anything to even look for? Do we are one? Is anything going to happen that we're actually going to learn anything? And two, are we even going to trust it? Right, uh, McMahon is probably the only one I think is
0: going to get everyday playing time out of like all the names. They're like question marks. I think McMahon is kind of like the one safe one, which is crazy to say. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm but, hopeful
1: on Hampson, I but that would require Daniel Murphy to Hale-ger. get injured, which I do not <laughs> wish injury on anybody, especially as a former man. I love Daniel Murphy. Um, but yeah, if McMahon the dream scenario for Rockies fans is obviously tearing this thing down and letting the young guys play. And that would require McMahon going to first and Garrett playing every day at second and getting some time in the outfield. But I think you're right. I don't know what we're going to learn. I don't think we're going to learn anything.
0: No, you're right. Unless, like you say unless there's injury, I I don't think anybody. I don't think any of these this group of names. Because even if Dan, Daniel Murphy went down, instead of doing the right thing and putting McMahon at first and having Desmond, at second, Ian Desmond's <laughs> gonna play first, 100%. Yeah. Ian Desmond will get first base. They're paying him what five five eighty five for 80, Five years eighty mil. So they're paying the guy. They're probably gonna play him. And then don't forget, their Brendan Rogers is coming back probably by mid season sometime.
1: And I assume, I assume he's planted in the. I,
0: I assume he's planted in the minors for the year. I, I don't know. You, it's the Rockies. He could be starting in, in the middle of the season.
1: You don't know. It's so. I mean, accurate. Arenado getting literally. Arenado needs to be traded, and Daniel Murphy needs to, or D- Ian Desmond. Someone needs to get injured. Retire. And Arenado needs to be traded in order for this to have any kind of clarity. And I highly doubt we see any. Like you yeah. said, even if even if that happens, they'll create new. They'll they'll sign Puig. They'll sign Puig. One
0: hundred percent. I guarantee they're going to sign Puig, and it's going to throw everything off even bit more. And it's like I quit. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Screw the Rockies. Screw all like all this fantasy goodness potential is like gone if they sign Puig. I'm done. Puig would be amazing. Would by the way, anyone Puig.
1: who'd get excited about but, that. Remember how excited everyone was, Daniel Murphy. Oh my God, batting title, lead the league in doubles. Mark it down. Um, well, yeah, when you're gonna when you're gonna was, draft Puig.
0: I was that guy. I was that guy. Yeah, but but right now where you're getting Puig is a great value anyway. So going to Colorado, you can't really argue with the results. He, he'll jump up like 30 picks in ADP probably. Which then well, by then I'm priced out. He's yeah. going
1: to platoon with someone who's who's this who's bats from the same side of the plate. That's the Rockies. Yeah.
0: And and he'll and he'll get the weak side of the platoon. And he'll be making <laughs> and he'll be making like 20 million a year. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> Anything to add to this nightmare, George?
2: No, no, you guys are right right on there. I mean, we, we basically need someone to to go down. I mean, whether it's like David Dahl who can't manage to stay healthy either, uh and Daniel Murphy, said, but but want, then like
0: injury. We don't want injury, we, no, we don't want injury, but realistically, something's got to give, literally. He, he makes me sad, him.
1: David Dahl. He's so
0: good. He's mm-hmm. so good. How about the pitchers? Talk about sad. The pitchers, you can't like you can't trust them in weekly leagues. You got to get them either when they have two starts on the road or daily leagues where you can play them only on road starts which by the way I, value. I,
1: I laugh when i see the uh the nellen arenado to cardinals rumors and i see that uh dakota hudson could be coming to colorado i don't mean <sighs> can you imagine how horrible that would be
0: <laughs> uh, i <laughs> mean be so, what's funny is he would probably he'd be a career probably, ender or or he'd have like that great year like kyle freeland did and then just turn around and be complete crap The next year next year so but anyways i cut george off again because i'm good oh no (laughs) it's all good actually yancey eaton because you know you have to have you have to mention yancey on every podcast like he is the mayor of fantasy baseball (laughs) yes he he actually dm'd us as a it's a drinking game for him now and every time i cut george off on a podcast they take a drink (laughs) so it's become a drinking game just so you know that's a thing apparently so we are doing that this could be this could be a (laughs) continuation of that so yes
1: all right, uh, George, we'll let you start us off with San Diego. Uh, what are you looking forward to from the Padres? Uh,
2: well, I'd like to see Paddock. And I know that he's uh, working on another pitch as well, right? Is that um, The curveball. The curveball. He's he's yeah, fixing. So. I
0: think I think he uh what it was is I think Alex Fast tweeted about it. He was working on it towards the end of the year and he's changing it They're, like he's changing I guess his grip or something about it. I have to go back and read it, but he's changing something about it to help it become more effective and a better third pitch, which would be absolutely amazing because you give him a third pitch that puts him in ace conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other than that, there's not really too much that you know, like you said, we're that we're really going to learn in spring training. Um, I, I'm interested I in Mackenzie
1: just... Gore. I, I know it's a I, long I, I shot, but they claim. They're going to give him a legitimate shot to make this rotation, right? I mean, I would assume June, mid June, after the hard super two is when we likely see him. But I mean, he, he you know, they're they're going, to, they claim they're giving him a legitimate shot, so that, that's obviously something to keep an eye on. I would think no matter how good he pitches, he goes to the minors until not even the Chris Bryant treatment. I think he gets the full June treatment. Does do either of you guys hope more hopeful that Gore could crack this rotation?
2: No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I'm I <not> want. <laughs> I want to see him pitch this spring for sure, and um, yeah, I mean they they did it with Paddock.
1: Oh, I
0: know, but I feel I feel like I, I think even they were surprised with how well Paddock did because if it was up, I'm surprised, and they did it with Tatis, which was another, which well, that was actually the more crazy one because the whole you know extra year thing. But uh,
1: I am adding I Gore know. everywhere in deep release because of this, though. Right now he's he's free, um, yeah, and the off chance. This is when if you're in a league, you grab people like that just to, for this show exactly. Watching spring training, if he doesn't crack, you can dump him. <laughs> but if well, he exactly. makes the rotation, holy shit, you know,
2: yeah, him and, uh, him and Spencer Howard going back to the Phillies, the, the, those two are, are a couple that I'm well, Howard's not
0: even. I don't think Howard's even pitching, that's the problem. He's actually shut down right now, I believe. I remember oh, reading that okay. somewhere, so yeah, that's causing, yeah, that's that's where my I'm a, so trust me, I'm a Howard guy too. And don't get me wrong, I will have Gore in my top 100 when I update my starting pitching ranks. I will have Gore on a few redraft teams as well because. I just I think my mindset is too skewed by 15 teamers because I played a lot of early draft champions leagues, which are draft and holds, and I would avoid Gore there because of the whole I like actual innings, but I'm more likely to get him in the shallower of the format, the more likely I am to take a shot on the upside and the shot, you know, just the, the stash. I'll stash him too. I don't mind. But that's, you know, it's a little different when you have daily transactions. You can make up for the, some of the lost innings you're going to get. So I do. But yeah, I ultimately am watching that situation closely. And I guess the other one would be French Cordero. Because I'm, I still think like you don't sit Will Myers with that contract. You just don't. I don't think they. I don't think they will. I, I think Will Myers will get more playing time than we want to see. Because I, I think I don't know. I'm really big on Franchi. Like I like the idea of Franchi and the potential of Franchi. But I also not sure that they're gonna play him every day. We keep and we also keep seeing trade talks with Will Myers. So we'll see where Will Myers is even playing.
1: Yeah, that crazy one where they where they chip in thirty million to ship him off, yeah. and they end up getting Nick Senzel and shipping off their uh, their catching prospect, which I think is probably a mistake. <laughs> they they'd be better off keeping him, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Which, what San which I up don't.
0: To. Why would San Diego take on another outfielder? Like that's why I got really frustrated when I heard this because I am a big Senzel guy. I think Senzel's a post type sleeper. As long as he can show healthy, I like him a lot this year. With that said, I want him. I, he has no clear path path to playing time even if he gets traded like that's crazy to me you would think somebody taking him on you have to remember the Padres also have Trammell who took a step back last year but Taylor Trammell could be a thing this year you don't know there's a lot there's, he, is it Trammell
1: for some reason I've been saying Trammel this entire time I am I wrong Trammell. I could be I could be wrong I don't know I mean I'm usually wrong let's just assume I'm wrong
0: I try. I try to be, and I, I always go back. To, I try to respectfully get their names right in case somebody from the family members or somebody hears. I do try to honestly get every name right, but I don't. And I've never heard it. I, I'm trying to remember because I was. I watched the, uh, that what was it the uh, the the game last year the, uh, so the future stars game where the you know what I'm talking about with all the prospects. Yeah. The, the futures game. The futures mm-hmm. game. Thank you. The futures game, and I, I'm trying to. Remember, I think it was Trammell. But or tra- no, Taylor Taylor Trammell, I don't know. You're right. It could be. It's almost like caramel and caramel. Which way is grab way. grab hole? We can continue on. Yeah. Let's go. Well, you're talking to me. It's me again. <laughs> it is me. This is why this is such a long. How time. How can we
1: work Eric Sogard into this conversation? <laughs> you,
0: Sogard's gonna lead off and show Trammell how to lead off, how to be a good lead off hitter. Because Sogard for MVP. Let's go.
1: All right, everybody, this lasted a little longer, so we kind of made the executive decision. We're going to split this into a couple episodes to make it a little easier on you. We'll, we'll release them over a couple of days. Uh, we are going to uh, cut off the National League right here. And uh, we will get to the American League in the next episode so um, Yeah thank you for listening to the very First episode of the Quality Starts Series uh, I am Matt Williams you can follow me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S Make sure to subscribe To the Turn 2 podcast And the Bases Loaded podcast Your kind hosts for This series uh, and Mr. Mike Curlin where can everyone chase you down
0: you can find me on Twitter at mike underscore curland. You can also find the Baseload pod, of course, on Twitter at baseload pod. And we have we were joined today. And I have a funny suspicion George is going to join us on the next episode. But you can follow George <laughs> on Twitter. I will do it for you, George. I'm so used to it. You can follow George on Twitter at roto underscore nino. You just like saying that. <laughs> it is the hottest Twitter name I know. I I love it. It is hashtag lit. Like, quote, unquote, <laughs> lit. I love that's that's also a Yancey thing. He calls everything lit, and it's awesome.
1: So, Yancey, you are the
0: fantasy MVP. You I thought he Eric-
1: was trolling me at first when he said something I did was lit. I thought he was trolling me, but then I didn't realize he said that all the time. Like, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I was like, he's like, oh, read this. It's lit. I'm like, is he trolling me? No, no, no. no. And
0: Yancey <laughs> is the uh, godfather of fantasy baseball. And oh, I forgot what else I was going to say. I had something to say. It was actually kind of fun. Oh, he is the Eric. You know what? He could be the Eric Sogar because he's the MVP. <laughs>
1: Well, Yancey, I think you're Mike Trout. So if you want a real compliment, there's one. No, no, no.
0: Eric Sogard, so underrated, (laughs) so underappreciated, but so valuable. Boom. Way better. (laughs) Let's
1: go. (laughs) George, where where can everyone uh, chase you down if they want to yell at you for some of your takes?
2: Yeah, as Mike said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino, N-I-N-O there at the end. So, uh, yeah, I'm there on Twitter. DMs are
1: open. You guys can hit me up there. We'll him, be man. back uh, very shortly with the American league spring training breakdown. Uh, so yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. And we'll be back. Adios.